The Echo Cast, Episode 30. I'm Bon Diesel. This is a place where we talk about some division stuff. You guys let me rant a bit. And um and that's what we do. So today I will be doing some content updates, state of the game recap, the division news, speculation and discussion. And no listener questions this time. It's all good. Busy week, I understand. Plus, we had a ton the last few weeks. So, we'll start off with content updates. Uh, The big content updates, it's the same for a few days here. We still have a giveaway ongoing. You're in chat for the live broadcast of this. You can hit exclamation point giveaway. I am giving away... A Division 2 uh, official Ubisoft hoodie and t-shirt from their merch store. That giveaway ends at the end of October, uh, so I suggest getting in there now. This giveaway, uh, related to the, my next point, uh, I'll add a entry method. Uh, if you follow at Division Shots on Twitter, I basically started off my content creation uh, whatever you call whatever I do um, by making a kind of cool build uh, displays I used to make uh, pictures with my builds that showed everything all the talents on the guns uh, everything in one fairly compact picture where other people would post them much differently so um, I started with that, uh, and then I moved pretty quickly to what now is known as division shots. Um, <clears throat> I've taken, I want to say it's six or 700 um, screenshots around, I think, every part of the division uh, and survival. Uh, I want to say the only things I don't have screenshots of at this point are the incursions. I believe I have um, I've covered everything else so um, I've always used that as hashtag the uh, hashtag division shots um, it's a it, at times has been a very popular uh, hashtag uh, in the division community and um, yeah, I have a Flickr site that has all of the screenshots uh, that has like 60,000 views at this point and uh, due to Mr. Uber Timmy uh, he uh, inspired me to uh, make a Twitter for it, which makes sense uh, with Division 2 coming. Um, people are going to love screenshots, doing all that, so if I can have one central location, uh, to this day, there's still people who like taking screenshots. I still do, and the Division as well. Um, there's still a few places I want to get before you know, we wrap things up with the game, so if you haven't yet, check out at Division Shots on Twitter and you can check it out get in early and I will do my best to uh, share the creations of uh, the whole community Um, I will also you know occasionally probably throw out some from other games as well Odyssey has some really pretty screenshots you can get uh, even Far Cry 5 I think Red Dead Redemption 2 is probably going to be pretty ripe or some cool uh, screenshots and such. So 
Uh, it's going to be focused on division, but we can do other things as well. Uh, and the last part of uh, the content update here is as of today, I believe there are 145 days left till Division 2. I, I think it's going to get real, real when we hit the, um, the under 100 day mark. I think that's when it's going to get kind of crazy. Uh, I, I think for us, for the players, and especially uh, make things, uh, it can't come soon enough. I suspect for the people working on it, it's probably a mix of let's get it out there, a mix of, oh my God, is it done? So we'll have to see. But yeah, 145 days. Can't wait. So stay of the game recap. Uh, we had no stay of the game. So... Um, if you look at the October roadmap that they put out, uh, there doesn't appear to be another stay of the game scheduled this month either, um, which makes sense. I'm not expecting any huge info drops this month. Um, besides, on the 25th, there will be a dev blog. So during that dev blog, um, I would be willing to put money on that they'll do something similar to the last dev blog and how they had Thylander on to talk about weapons and exotics and talents and such. Uh, I suspect they'll have someone come on probably November 1st to talk about the dev blog. Um, my guess, uh, kind of trying to decipher, you know, um, Julian said at Ubi Day, I'm going to guess that the uh, dev blog will probably be about uh, uh, enemy factions. Um, so we know about the True Sons. Obviously, they've talked a lot about them. Um, one of the uh, concept art pieces that came out, um, I think back in August or something like that, showed a faction that appears to be some kind of faction that they're all wearing gas masks. Um, have some kind of green gas that likely accompanies their presence. Um, so, and there's like kind of an anarchy uh, type of symbol that we've uh, spotted in a few spots. Um, I'd be curious. So, I think everyone's assuming four factions um, the way that we got Division One, um, not counting the Hunters. I, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe we have maybe five. Um, I guess we could have three, but I'm going to guess they wouldn't go smaller. If anything, we may have maybe a fifth, um, not counting hunters. I think we're going to get hunters. So hopefully that dev blog, hopefully my, um, my guess, my assumptions are maybe correct. And we may get a, um, a little info drop about the enemies. It's only this coming week. So it's, uh, it's not that far away. It kind of feels like it. Every time I look forward to stuff with the Division 2, it feels like it's forever away. And then before you know it, it's right there. So we shall see. Um, for Division News, uh, it was a fairly light week, at least from what I could tell. Um, I'd say one of the bigger things was the Dark Horse comics uh, talk about the uh, the Division Extremist Malice. I'm sure I destroyed that. Um they gave a little more detail. They've been pushing that a lot. Uh, the basics of it is that uh, you'll be following a, an agent named Caleb Dune uh, or Dunny. I'm 
sure how you would say it. Um, who is a shade agent? A uh, mission goes wrong. I believe it's. I don't think it's specified, but I think some of the art leads us to believe the the story is at least going to start in New York City. Um, and it says that he tries to he's trying to avenge the gruesome death of his partner. Uh, during a pursuit, he comes upon a plot that would endanger the rebuilding of the nation. So, um, uh, not to you know, not getting political or anything, but it says his partner. So, and uh, for a shade agent, that could be fellow uh, squad member, uh, another shade agent. Uh, it could also be his mate. You know, it could be a girlfriend or boyfriend, uh, husband or wife. So, I'm kind of curious. Um, the actually taking an angle on it not being another shade agent that he's trying to revenge. Um, taking the angle of you know the fact that he's a shade agent and is cut off from his old life, but maybe is still trying to avenge someone from his old life. Uh, it could be actually really neat. We'll have to see. Um, they've been pushing pre-orders soon. Um, apparently, you can contact local comic book shops and you can pre-order from them. Um, I think they said as well that like Barnes & Noble, Amazon, you can pre-order from those. Um, but I have not seen those come up yet. Um, I've already pre-ordered the that 200-page art book um, that comes out, I think, on the 19th of March. And then we are still yet to see the novel Alex Irvine did post on his Twitter not too long ago that he had submitted his first draft for editing. So I suspect we won't see pre-orders for that for a while because it's, I would say it's basically done, but I'm sure there's still some stuff that needs to be worked on. Um, one little note with the Alex Irvine novel. Um, if you look on his Twitter, um, he posted a link to a, a bookstore that is local to him that you can order his books from. And I, under the impression from his tweet that if you order your division uh, novel from that store, the one that's coming out in March, um, he can actually go there and sign it, sign it for you. So um, you may take a peek at that. Uh, if he gets inundated with too many, maybe he won't do it. Maybe I'm going to ruin it, but it's worth checking out if you're interested. Um, I think the I think this comic book's gonna be really cool. One thing to note is that the um, the the comic it's it's um, it's number one of three, right? So there is um, there's a, there's gonna be three of them, as we can tell, um, which is cool. It seems like kind of a short run, but maybe that's just the way it goes. I'm not super familiar with the rest of the dark. Um, the Dark Horse comic series. Um, I used to read some comics when I was younger, and they were significantly longer runs, but they were also like Wolverine and Spider-Man. So, uh, you know, they aren't just based off a game franchise. But hopefully, um, if they sell well, they'll consider doing more of them, maybe for even Division 2. Because I think um, being able to give us some more tidbits of the, the lore, the story, some of, of that stuff on top of the game uh, is always good that's always going to be a good thing uh, i'm really excited for this art book that is supposed to be giving us a bunch of information from between division one and two and then obviously irvine's novel that's going to explain pick up from after the first book on april kelleher which you know many of us have speculated and guessed and and winked and had all kinds of ideas on so I think the comic and all of this other media is going to be really cool. I've seen some people 
saying they're going to milk this cow for all they can. It's like, come on, man. I mean, maybe, I guess, a little bit. But, like, for the people who are really invested in the story of the game and the game itself, uh, it's, it's a must-buy, right? Because we want to know. We want that info. It's, it's really exciting. For the people who just want to go into the DZ and blow each other's heads off, don't have to buy it. It's, I, I sure you won't miss out on anything uh, that you don't already not care about. Um, the other little piece of division news this week um, had to do with the Brazil game show. Um, Anna, uh, if you happen to listen to this, you'll appreciate the little shout out here, I'm sure. Um, there was an interview done by IGN Brazil with uh, Chloe Hamoud. Uh, I am probably destroying that, uh, but she is the IP researcher uh, at Massive. Um, and her job is basically to research um, and try to make the the game's experience as authentic as possible. So she works for Massive, so I assume she mostly is working on Division. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe she also is maybe working with like David Cameron and stuff like that, the Avatar project as well. But um, I don't really care about that, <laughs> at least not yet. Maybe that game will be cool to see, but. Um, she, she answered a lot of questions. Um, it was, it was funny. It was, it's an, if you go and watch it, it's on the, the Brazilian IGN website, you can find this interview. Um, she does all of her answers in English, so you can go and watch it. Um, the hosts of the show have an interesting dilemma. Um, I'm, I'm assuming Chloe is French. And, uh, so there's this weird communication when you watch this video of, uh, there's an interviewer, the, the, the main host is asking questions and he can speak English, but not, it seems like he is having a little trouble. Um, so he was asking her in fairly simple English, some of these questions. And there was a younger guy there who was, uh, I think another host for IGN who spoke like a hundred times better English than I do, um, but was also speaking Portuguese. So, so the main host was asking questions, Chloe was answering them. The other host was translating the questions in the Portuguese and then also asking questions and getting interrupted by the main host. <laughs> and it was just, it was a hot mess. Um, and then the main host asked this, what I think is a really insightful and interesting question about Chloe being a female in the game industry. Uh, but, but the way it came out was just real awkward, but she handled it like a champ and it was great. So what am I talking about this for? Uh, the reason I'm bringing up this video was that um, she, the main thing she talked about, honestly, there wasn't really anything huge. There wasn't anything like groundbreaking that we haven't really heard before um, from what she was saying. But the main little tidbit from the article and uh, from what she was talking about um, hinted to this idea of that the actions the player makes during the single player campaign um, impacts the world, right? So what does that lead us to potentially believe? Well, what that does is it gives you some idea that there may be alternative paths to the end of Division 2's main story. What I want to caution is a couple of things. No way, shape, or form was this any confirmation. This was a very kind of awkward interview. Um, there was definitely some stuff lost in translation, I think. 
Um, and what she said could also be interpreted as, well, when you complete this mission, the world changes. We already know because Julian's been shoving it down our faces that there's some big twist at the end of the story, right? So is 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 the way that we impact the, the Division 2 story um, just us completing missions and it changes the world, kind of like in the Division 1, as you completed missions, you would notice uh, like the base of operations would change and as you upgrade, like, is it that kind of change? Or is there some kind of branching story arc that takes us uh, maybe a different route? I still think that no matter how they structure the Division the 2 story, we have to end up at the same point. Um, but it would be really cool if there were multiple ways to get there. So we'll have to see. Um, it was It's a cool little interview. It's cool to hear from her. Um, she has some some good insight on some various things like that. So let's see. Okay. So, uh, so the speculation discussion part, um, I was just going to talk a little bit about, uh, gear sets, exotics and things like that. So, um, with gear sets, I think, um, that's going to be interesting. I, I think that there's, um, there, there's still some debate and, and it may not even be fully decided at this point. Right. Um, but I think that for the most part, people can agree that the six-piece classifieds, while may be cool, uh, especially in PVE, um, were maybe unnecessary. Uh, and even in some facets of the game, specifically PvP, um, were maybe even a maybe a bad choice, maybe not ideal, right? Um. So the funny thing is, is that I would actually propose that even a strike, a set like Striker, six-piece classified, it's been, you know, kind of castrated, or however you'd like to say it, in PvP, um, it's still pretty powerful, I think. Um, but I was actually one, I was a proponent of um, changing, this, the making the same changes they made in the PvP modes, I was cool with them doing that in uh, PvE as well. Uh, honestly, I think it's kind of overpowered in PvE. Um, and while you know PvE content isn't exactly uh, you know we don't have tons of new stuff. Most of the vet players have beaten everything they're gonna beat. Newer players are coming up and doing their thing. Um, I, I do think it's you know if you see people doing all their speed runs and stuff with. Uh, Nomad is one option, um, but I still think there's some challenge there. Uh, but they're doing it with Striker, and, and especially on PC, where they can just keep 100 stack 24-7. Uh, I don't know. Long story short, I think the six-piece classifieds were a bit too much. Um, you know, I've talked about it before that the, the gear sets in general, you know, I got to have some really cool discussions at E3. People who design these things, and their their whole point was that and the big failure with gear sets was that gear sets were supposed to be a choice and not the meta. Gear sets were supposed to be, well, I'll give up these things that the high-end items give me to have these specific kind of niche um, talents, right, that the gear sets provide, or that kind of take you down a fairly narrow path, or that they that was the intention, right? The problem comes with the 
high-end talents um you know if you look at those talents they they were talents designed for a a different game right from 1.0 to now the game has changed a lot way it's played and the way it was intended to play in all kinds of ways um so so there's things you know so if there would have been a wipe of all of the talents off the high-end gear um and some rebalancing in that way knee pads masks i mean obviously there's a few high-end talents that are useful right um you know things like refreshed and specialized and things like that but it's still maybe what like four three or four of the talents out of 25 30 of them maybe i don't know exactly i can't remember off the top of my head but the whole idea of the gear sets is that if if the high-end gear was useful and attractive then it wasn't an automatic choice to take the gear sets for various reasons uh that isn't the case you know you can run a hexo i have a decent hexo build on one of my characters that is really powerful but it's still not as powerful as a even a striker set or especially you know predmark nomad some of these other ones um some of these predmark banshee combos people are doing like that so with division two seems like uh, with the branding system is they're kind of introducing a gear set ish a light gear set to the high-end gear which is great i think that's a really good idea i think it's going to be um trying to fulfill that idea of a high-end gear is so powerful that it's not an automatic choice to use the gear sets so one big thing with the gear sets comes um should we have six piece gear sets again and from my rambling you would assume my answer is no it's actually not my answer is actually that I think we should only have six-piece gear sets because then the brands are very attractive and then you can make the six-piece gear sets not this incremental jump of talents and stuff like that you make the six-piece gear sets these the gear sets in general you make them all or nothing so once you collect the six pieces, you can use it. And there's a very clearly defined list of, of uh, advantages you get. And so maybe there's four very powerful talents that you get from using a six-piece gear set. What that does, though, is that if you use that, making a conscious decision to give up the six or seven talents off of the branded gear, you're giving that up for less variation in your power but maybe a more specific type of power and, and i and i think that's how it should be i've either felt that it should be like that or that gear set should be limited to like three pieces whole gear says three pieces and then you have to add branded gear on top of that um i think that'd be fine uh you know kind of like what we have with like ninja builds and stuff like that I just, uh, I think that what I would like to see is for gear sets in Division 2 to be six pieces. Because then there's a grind, there's like that excitement of building up that gear, and you get that final piece, and it's just, oh, it just blows your mind, right? So then the question comes how do you get gear set pieces, right? Um, I, I think the first answer a lot of people are going to throw out are, well, we should put it behind put it behind raids right and i think that's fine i think that'd be great 
that you could um, guarantee a gear set behind a raid. Um, this is how things like uh, the incursions were when the division first came out, gear sets first started coming out. Fortunately, people figured out how to cheese things like Falcons Lost and were able to get, well, I think you got a striker set down there, if I remember correctly. And people would, you know, blow up the APC from inside a wall and with a one-shot sticky nade. You know. <laughs> so, you know, that's that's a whole different discussion of things that we can't have happen again. But um, there's there's been a really heated, uh, and I think heated is the right word, debate between people on whether or not specific gear and things should be locked behind certain content. Um, my take on it is that uh, I think things like the raid should give you the ability to show people how awesome you are, right? Um, so things like doing like a world's first and having a special set of gear for the eight players who complete the first raid first, right? I think that'd be awesome. When it comes to actual loot and gear and stuff, I think it'd be good to make those rewards excellent, obviously. You have to make it worth your time. A big issue with a mission like Stolen Signal in Division 1 is that for the average player, I'm going to make that very clear, um, Stolen Signal is a slog. It's a, it's a pain. To coordinate, you have to have good builds, you have to, everyone has to know what they're doing. I know there's people who have like soloed it. That there's groups who can complete it in like six minutes, probably. For the average player, that's not the reality. The issue I have with Stolen Signal is that I think it's the most technical and the best incursion or mission we got in the whole Division 1. But no one wants to play it, one, because it's challenging. But that's, that's not the biggest issue. The fact that it's challenging and the rewards are the same as if you just do the waves and Falcons Lost, right? There's not like... A significant difference rewards despite the significant difference in time for the average player as I said so that's something like the raid has to have that right so if it's gonna have something to do with gear sets I think that's not a bad idea um, my big thing is is that I think there should be multiple types of in-game significantly hard activities for people to get that so say there's someone who they just know there's no way they're going to get a raid group ready. I, I hate how dismissive people are of that at this point of being like, well, I, I'm not going to be able to find seven people to play with. You know, there's, there's going to be a lot of people playing. There's going to be the clan system is going to be huge. Tons of discords and forums, Twitter and the subreddit. Like, like, if you want to play with a group, you can you can make it happen. I get that's, maybe that's not fun. Maybe that's not the way you want to do it. But I think the people already throwing up their hands and saying, well, I'm not going to be able to do raids, even though we literally basically know nothing about how the whole thing's going to work, maybe jumping the gun a bit. But if that happens to be the case, um, I don't have an issue with there being activities that someone do to get the same gear maybe the raids not the cosmetics i think that there needs to be something locked behind the raid that is only for people who raid and it doesn't even have to impact the game it can literally just be a really cool or a whole cosmetic set where we know now in the division two all of the gear has um, cosmetic spots so you could in theory you know, have a cosmetic set of clothing for your character and some you know 
I call them shaders because that's what that that's what it reminds me of. Um, shaders for all your gear. You can have this really cool set, and people can be like, "Holy crap, that guy was the world's first on whatever rate." Um, but I think it's okay to have like a different way for people to get that same gear, but it should still be difficult, right? Like, like I wouldn't want gear to be locked behind stolen signal. Um, but you can also get that gear from completing a weekly HVT, uh, just because someone doesn't think they can do the stolen signal, right? So it, it's a tough argument. I definitely fall in the middle. Um, it seems like there's some people who are really extreme, like you have to do the raid to get the best gear. Like, I, I think on paper, that's a great idea, but I think it can't be that simple. But then at the same time, the people who don't think anything should be exclusive to the raid because, you know, they won't be able to play it or whatever. Uh, the, the, the two extremes aren't really for me. I definitely fall somewhere in the um, the, the other little topic is the exotics and the exotics are interesting. So they're introducing this new rule, um, where you can only equip one exotic at a time, right? Um, and the discussion on that has been interesting from the team and from devs who have talked about it because I'm not really under the impression a lot of people are running like six piece exotic, uh, gear sets at this point, all exotic weapons, right? Um, you know, there's some powerful weapons. Uh, the bullfrog is still, I think, pretty solid. Uh, the showstopper was, and you know, in some circumstances, can still be very powerful. The holder uh, and the ear have their moments, especially with Predmark. There's, 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 there's exotics that are good, but especially the the gear pieces, things like Ninja Bike. Um it doesn't make any sense to run it with another exotic like gear piece uh the, like the skull mc gloves i know some people run barrett's with that and have like a exotic build um but you know you don't have to um so it seems like they're uh they're trying to address something in division one that isn't a thing so what that tells me is that in division two maybe that will be a thing they're going to make the exotic pieces so powerful that you can only run one, right? Because right now, I mean, Barrett's, like, on paper is kind of, like, really powerful. But you kind of have to be careful with it. You have to know how you're using it and things like that. Um, I mean, the Skull MC gloves are, I mean, it's just some base damage, right? The Ninja Bike, I think, is actually the one that, if there's an exotic from Division 1 that will make it into 2, conceptually obviously it sounds like they're wiping the board and doing everything new um but the ninja bike would actually be one that would be really cool but the ninja bike could more work with the branding system rather than the gear sets maybe it gives you credit for two brand sets so you have like two pieces of one brand one piece of another and two pieces then it would up all those by two we get the bonus two up or, or one up the way that ninja is now with gear sets i don't know I'm dumb. I'm too dumb to conceptualize all that stuff. But um, yeah, the exotics are weird. Like, cause it it seems like again that they're making rules for exotics that aren't really necessary in Division One. But like I said again, hopefully that means that the exotics in Division Two are so powerful, are gonna have so much impact on the game that they're like, no, you can only have one, or else it's gonna break everything. So. I, at this point, I'm not aware of any leaks or any ideas of, of what the exotic pieces could actually look like. Um, and I'm cool with that. 
I, I think I'm definitely in a mix of I want to know as much about the mechanics of Division 2 ASAP as we can find out. But when it comes to like really nitty-gritty details about the story and, and smaller stuff, I would really love to be able to start up Division 2 and be like, whoa, they did that? I'm kind of hoping not to know everything <laughs> before the game comes out. But we'll have to see. Um, and the last little bit about the exotics is that um, I'm kind of curious to what like the craziest things they can come up with are going to be. I really hope that they come up with some some ideas that are just like they just do something silly, you know. Like I want it to still have like a realistic aesthetic, obviously not be OP things like that. But it'd be really cool to pick up, uh, you know, an exotic piece. And it'd be nice if there was more than one exotic for each slot, maybe two or three exotic chests, two or three exotic gloves. But to be able to pick one off and be like, whoa, that's awesome, and just being pumped about it rather than just it being a utility. But we'll have to see. I don't know. And uh, I don't know. I haven't really thought too much about what those crazy things could be. So if you have any ideas, feel free to let me know. I would be curious. Uh, that's that's what I have. That's what I have this week. So um, I appreciate you if you listen. If you're a new listener, welcome. If you're an old one, thanks for coming back. Uh, if you have any questions for me to address during a future podcast, you can hit me up on Twitter or the Discord. You can find the EchoCast on Anchor, iTunes, SoundCloud, and I upload it to YouTube. You can find me on Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch as Bond Diesel. On Instagram, Bond Diesel underscore Twitch. And uh, now you can find a Division Shots with its own Twitter account. It's at Division Shots. That's what I have for you this week. I'm Bond Diesel. This was the Echo Cast, and until next time. <laughs>